There's a question on the screen. What does it say? Okay, after three. One, two, three. Do you thirst for God? Are you thirsty for God? That's what we're going to look at today. Are you thirsty for God? And the answer is, is it? What does it mean anyway? I mean, you just said yes. I kind of led you into that pit, didn't I? You all said, yes, I'm thirsty. And then I asked, well, what does it mean? And you're like, uh. Thirsty for direction. For help, for support. Amen. And it means that for sure and so much more than that. We're going to look at it today. Because the question really is, is, when you came today, how expectant were you? How thirsty were you for God? Did you wake up this morning and go, you know what? I really, I'm, I'm just I'm going to go meet with God today. I want to meet with God today. I, me I remember, I've told you this before. There, there, was, a, there was a little boy. I, wasn't, I was preaching somewhere else on the Sunday, and we had a rail communion with these rails. And this little child was up the front, and he came up for a blessing at communion and he came and he knelt he actually knelt over here I think he knelt right here because he told me afterwards and he knelt here and we had a visiting minister that came and they, they gave communion out at the rail and instead of like when I when I did it I used to lay hands on every child and 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 pray God's blessing over them but this visiting minister he just held his hands up and said for all the children and he said one blessing and these kids carried on kneeling here and, and, and his parents left, and he said, I'm not leaving. He said, I'm not going until I get my blessing. That's not a proper blessing. I don't want some generalized blessing. I'm having my blessing. And he stayed there, and his parents were like, come back. Get, get out of here, right? And he goes, I'm not leaving until I get my blessing. It's like six years of age or something like that, seven. He goes, that's not a blessing. That's, that's just, I don't know what that was, but that's not, I want a, I want a blessing. And the minister, he, re, he didn't. He goes, no, you've had your blessing. And he said, I'm not leaving till I get my blessing. So the minister carried on, finished communion. He's still there. Minister introduced the final hymn. He's still there. He's going, I'm not going till I get my blessing. I want my blessing from God. And he stayed there right to the final hymn, the final blessing. Everybody started going for coffee. The kid's still there. I want my blessing. That's thirst for God. That's where he says... In Matthew, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are those who do what? Hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. What's righteousness? Your relationship with God. Blessed are that. Blessed means what? Blessed means you are highly favored. Right? It means you're elevated. You're going to be lifted up. You're going to be, you, you, I'm looking, he said, I'm looking for the people who really hunger and thirst for me, for a relationship with me, because those kind of people, what's going to happen to them? They're going to be filled. It's the kid who is here going, I want my blessing, is the one that's going to get filled. Everybody else going for coffee, 
No. But if you come, and that's what Jesus says, come, come with that kind of expectation. Did you really come with the expectation this morning, with a thirst this morning to say, God, I'm coming into your house and I want to meet with you. I'm not going to leave here until I've met with you because I'm thirsty for you. I'm thirsty for our relationship. You know what happens when you're thirsty in the physical world, right? I was out on Friday. We were working out in the garden. And I was beavering away, building stuff in the garden and because I'm rubbish with plants, but wood I can handle, right? So I'm, Enica says, go, go build this for me. Keeps me out of trouble. So I'm building something in the corner, and she's making the garden beautiful, right? And I suddenly realized it's getting hot on Friday. Friday was the one day of summer this week, right? It was like nice and warm on Friday. I was out there beavering away, and then suddenly Enica brings out a glass of water, and I was like, oh, man. Right? whole pint of water pretty much gone I was man I I needed that because I was out there busy right that's thirst do do we come with that kind of you know thirst for God in our spiritual lives because he says those are the people that are going to get filled the spirit We've been looking at the Holy Spirit together, but the Spirit is the one that kind of hovers around and He looks for people that are hungry and thirsty. You know that? He's looking down and He's kind of going, where are the people that I can, I can fill? Where are the people I can pour out my blessing upon? Where are those people that are, are discontented with their relationship with me because they want to go deeper, they want to go more? in their relationship they want more they're not they're never satisfied they're never going okay that's enough god that's i'm i'm happy where i am thanks very much i I like the way things are then rock the boat that's good they want more they want to get out of the boat and walk on the water and experience it rather than just sit in the boat they want more jesus said those are the people i'm gonna feel So let me ask you again, are you thirsty for God? Is that you? Was that you today when you woke up? Was that you this morning? Is that you tomorrow morning? Going, oh man, I need more of you, God. I want more of you. I just need you. I desire you. Not always to fix problems. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's, you know, when people came to Jesus, it's because they had needs. And the need causes you to be open and want more. But sometimes you just come, don't you? Because actually you just want to go deeper and deeper. It should be the same in marriage, right? In relationships. That you wake up, been married 36 years. Coming on the 37 years. I'm checking here. I'm like, better not get that wrong. But like, even after 36 years, you should wake up and go, you know what, I want more out of this relationship. I want to go deeper with this person. I, I, want to, I want our relationship to grow even further. Even though we've been together 36 years, I'm not satisfied. Because if you're satisfied, what happens? You start to stagnate, don't you, in a relationship. You're either going deeper or you're going shallower. 
And so you wake up and you go, you know what? I, I want more in this relationship. Come on, let's work for more. Let's, 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 let's not be satisfied with where we are. Let, let's, let's go deeper so that next year we're even closer together. We even have more experiences of, of God and one another. And it's just it's growing and growing and growing. That's how God wants us to be. Our reading today is from John 7. Let me give you a little bit of... Uh, now, let's read it first, and then, then we'll talk about it together. He said, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Amen. Let me give you a little bit of context to what Jesus is talking about here. Firstly, Jesus at this point in his ministry in John chapter 7 already has opposition from the leadership. In John 7, it talks about earlier on in the chapter, Jesus starts to teach them, and it says uh, he goes to the feast in Jerusalem, and it says the Jews, verse 15, were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having studied? And Jesus kind of confounds them from their own scriptures, and he has so much more knowledge than they do. So they're really ticked off, right? It's, it's like if, if you'd studied, right? I, I've studied theology, etc. right? And then imagine some, some five-year-old coming in here and, and going deeper in God's Word than I know. You think, hang on a minute, I spent all this money, all this time studying God's Word. Who are they? Right? That, that's kind of like Jesus. He's some unlearned guy from up north, right? He's north of, uh, north of Watford somewhere or the other, right? Comes down here. Who does he think he is coming into our place teaching in ways that we can't even teach ourselves, explaining the Scriptures, and we can't do anything about it because what he's saying is true. So they're well ticked off with him. And not only that, so they think, well, we can't out-argue Jesus. So at verse 30, they try to seize him and exert their authority and, and kind of arrest him, but it says no one laid a hand on him because his time had yet not yet come. So, so Jesus kind of ticks them off with his teaching, and then he ticks them off with his authority because they try to get rid of him, arrest him, but he goes, oh, my time hasn't come. And they can't lay a hand on him because it's outside of the timing of Jesus. So they're well upset. So they're really in opposition. Now, this time of year, the context of this, this feast that he goes to, there were three festivals that all the Jewish men had to go to in Jerusalem. Do you know what they were? Passover is one. Second one was Pentecost, which is like harvest, right? And the third one is this one, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. And what they do is that they erect these tabernacles, and it's to remember the Exodus and the wilderness years. And they would all erect today, this is what it looks like. They build all these little shelters, and for seven days... They go and they live in their shelter, right? So they all have a tent in the garden or on the balcony. And they live there to remember that for 40 years they were in wilderness and they, and it, they remember the provision of God 
but God provided them food every day and water every day. And they, they, they reenact it. Who would fancy that? Fancy camping in your garden for seven days? Hmm. But that's what they did. And what they would do then, every day, the first six days, or the first seven days, the seven days of the feast, the, the, the priest in the temple would go down to the pool of Siloam with, with a jug, with a big urn thing, and would fill it with water. And they take it back to the temple. And for six days, they pour out the water on the altar in the temple. And they say this from Isaiah 12, 3. With joy, you will draw water from the well of salvation. And they pour it out. The seventh day, the last day of the feast, which is the day that it says here, on the last day of the feast, our reading says, they use a different verse. It says this, Isaiah 44, verse 3. They would pronounced, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And Jesus, uh, I imagine at the time that that's all going on, he stands up in the temple courts and he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So what's Jesus doing? In the midst of all of this, saying that the Spirit is going to come, Jesus is going, you want the Spirit? You come to me. I mean, talk about how to tick off people, right? He's already done it twice. And now in the midst of all of this, this is what he says. So he uses the whole, the whole feast, the whole thing that they would have understood. And he says, this is, this is what you've got to do. So the question is, firstly, are you thirsty? And notice he says, first of all, let anyone. He's talking here both to people who are listening to him, the Jews around him, but he's also talking to his enemies who are trying to arrest him and get rid of him, right? And he's saying, you're all invited, all of you, anyone. Anyone is everyone. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're starting from. The thing that matters is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for God? If you are, then come and drink. So let me ask you again, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for him? You see, all of us have been given a thirst. Just in the same way we have a physical thirst when we get hot and so on. We have a spiritual thirst. The problem is that we often go and fill it with kind of salt water. You ever drunk salt water? like, isn't it? Horrible. Somebody I know put salt in somebody's coffee once instead of sugar. I'm not saying who. But it's horrible, right? But that's what we do. We, we, we'd rather go, you see, we'd rather go to all these other things. We, what do we do? Well, we, 
we're thirsty, so what do we do? Well, we, we try and buy more toys of, for, of things to do. We try and lose ourselves in fun things. We try and, you know, just, just take it away. We try and fill our lives full of stuff that, that kind of satisfies for the second until we actually drink it, and then we realize it's not really going to satisfy at all. And we just go, yeah, this is, this is not. But what do we do? Rather than humble ourselves and come to the Lord, we would rather keep on drinking salt water. And so many people are like that. And so Jesus said, anybody, anybody, if you want to come, come and drink. Drink from the living water. And you'll never be thirsty ever again. You know, sometimes even church can become salt water. We get so busy doing stuff in church that we stop drinking from the well. Jesus said, you've got to come to me, to him, to Jesus, to the Lord, if you're thirsty. And when you come, he said, you've got to do two things. First, you've got to come, and then you've got to drink. See, i got the water here, right? This is my water. So first of all, I have to pick it up. No good if I just look at it, is it? But then I'm not going to get any pleasure at all unless I open it and... You're all thirsty now, aren't you? I have a bit more. That's good. Mm. That's full of Trinity water. You see, you've got to do two things. You've got to come to him, and you've got to drink. But the question is like, well, how, how do we do that? We know how we do it with water. can't just look at it. But what does it really mean to drink? Well, you need to understand that the Bible speaks of us in three kind of different aspects. Turn to the person next to you. Give them a high five. Go on. Right now. Everybody has to have at least one high five. Come on. Give a high five. Yeah, come on, Ian and Liz. That's good. Everybody had a high five? No, come on. John hasn't had a high five? Okay, good. Everybody high-fived. The body is what you just did, right? You just went, some of you looked at one another, some of you didn't. You just went, oh, boom, right? The Bible speaks of us as having a body. That's what you just did. You just touched someone else's body, right? There's a law against that somewhere, but anyway, right? That's body. So we have a body. The Bible also, okay, turn to somebody. I want you to look them in the eye this time. Tell them Jesus loves you. Go on. Okay, everybody done that? Now that in the Bible is called your soul. That's you, right? Some of you did that with a straight face. Some of you did it just laughing at one another. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Right? You were like, like five-year-olds giggling. Right? But that, that's you. The way you responded then is, is something about you inside. That's your soul. 
So we have a body, and inside of our body is what the Bible says is our soul, our character, our passions, our desires, who we are, what makes us different. So we're different on the outside. Not everybody is as handsome as me, right? We're different on the inside because there's no one quite as unique as you or me. We're all different. But the Bible speaks about also we have a spirit, and a spirit is what connects us to God. That's, that's where the hunger and the thirst is. And our spirit is inside of our soul, and our soul is inside of our body. Right? And it's the spirit that Jesus is talking about here. Because the spirit is the thing that gets thirsty for God. That's our God connection. And the spirit, when that's connected to God, affects our soul, and that affects our bodies. That's why when, when we have the spirit, so the, when we ask God into a relationship with him, what happens? God sends his Holy Spirit, and where does the Holy Spirit come? He comes and takes up residence inside your spirit. Right In Romans 8, it says this. I hope this is next. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit you receive, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, when you form a relationship with God, when you ask God to be the Lord of your life, when you ask Jesus to come into your life, what God does is he sends his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit takes up residency in your spirit. It connects. And then your spirit, and so the Holy Spirit starts to work inside your spirit. There are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. There are fruits of the Spirit that we read about in Galatians, right? And those fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, all that lot, right? They all come, and they start to manifest themselves in your life. And the spirit then affects your soul, and your soul affects your body, which is why believers are different, why they change. Now, if you don't have relationship with Jesus Christ, the spirit doesn't come and take up residence. And so you live with this thirst. And so Jesus says, if anybody's thirsty, let them come. Let them come and let the spirit come after salvation, after the cross and so on. But let the spirit come into their lives. And bring about change and transformation. That's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit wants to come and make a difference in your life. Take up residency inside of you so that the Spirit can then work in your life. Now why is it then that we don't see... You know, have you ever, you ever seen church people that are the same as non-church people? You think, how come there's no difference between them? You ever, do you ever wonder that? You see, what Jesus is saying here is that what we have to do is that even when the Spirit comes, okay, let me explain it like this. How, how many of you have, have a hose pipe attached to you in your garden? Right? I've got out the back of our garden, we've got a hose, right? It's plugged in all the time. I don't bother unplugging it. It's switched in. Now, I could go and unwrap the hose and take it down the garden, and I could pull the trigger on the, on the nozzle. What would happen? Nothing. Why not? Because you've got to turn the tap on. If I go down the garden and I've turned the tap on, 
and I go like that, I can, I can, you know, do what I like with it, right? Enika walks out, and I go, you know, yeah, right. You just, but unless you turn the tap on, nothing happens. I got one of those garden features as well, you know, the little waterfall where the water comes neatly over. It's got a pump inside of it. It's self-fulfilling. It just keeps going round and round and round. Anybody else got those? Nice little lights that shine up at night. But why? It's not on at the minute. The pump's not switched on. And so the water just sits there and does nothing. But when it comes to the right time of the day and the, the timer clicks it on, then the water starts to flow and it starts to work. Many believers... They may well have the Holy Spirit residing in them, but they haven't turned on the tap because they're not thirsty for God. It's the thirst that turns on the tap. Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And then he says there's two things. There's two ways that you turn the tap on. First, anyone who does what? Believes in me. So the first thing you've got to do is to have the, the Holy Spirit inside it. Belief, right? You have to believe in him. Believe who Jesus is. Believe what he's done on the cross. Believe what he continues to do for you and me. Anyone who believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. But he says the second thing you have to do is this. The last word. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given. It has now because it's post-crucifixion, resurrection. Since Jesus had not yet been glorified. The way you turn on the tap of the Holy Spirit in your life is to glorify Jesus. You believe in who he is, but then you glorify him. What does it mean to glorify him? It means you lift him up, you elevate him, you think about him, you exalt him, you pray to him, you read his word, you have a thirst to get to know him better. You say, you know what, my one focus in life, my one goal in life, if I do nothing else, this is what I want to accomplish, is to know Jesus more and more and more and more and more. And in every opportunity, whether in private or in public, I want to exalt him. I want to lift his name up. I want to encourage everybody else to love Jesus and to know Jesus and to exalt Jesus and to glorify Jesus. I want everybody else to know how great he is. I'm going to use every opportunity that I can think of, every way that is possible to elevate Jesus' name above every other name. That's what it means to glorify Him. That's what it means to, to go deeper with Him. You know, we've sold a lie in church that, that your relationship with God is somehow just personal to you. It's not. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say that. It's just you and Jesus, you and Jesus, you and Jesus. That's rubbish. You show me anywhere in the Scripture it says that. It's about collectively exalting Jesus, collectively showing who Jesus is in and through your life. Why does the Spirit come? When, when He turns on the tap, what does He do? 
His spirit changes your spirit. Your spirit changes your soul, and your soul changes your body, and the way that it works is glorified outside. And people know that you are different because the spirit is pumping in your system and changing you and manifesting himself through you, through his gifts and through his fruits. And things change. Things happen. And that's what the Spirit of God is all about. That's why blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. You get it? It's what the Spirit has come to do. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That's what he wants to do. And you know what happens when you turn the tap on? You know what happens in your life? Go every day. I challenge you every day. Just say, Lord, today, let me turn the tap on. When you wake up every morning, Lord, open the tap. In fact, don't, never close it, right? Just e even at nighttime, maybe you'll be glorified in your dreams. Lord, just open it. Open it more and more and more and more and more. And you know what happens? That's why we keep saying alignment is critical. It's about how you're aligned to Jesus Christ, how you exalt and glorify Jesus Christ. That's what the critical thing is. And you know what the Spirit will do? He will start by producing little streams of living water through you. You'll start noticing the difference. Things will happen. Prayers start get to answered. Small things start happening. Amazing things start happening. Coincidences in the Spirit start to happen because the Spirit has opened the tap within you or you've opened the tap and the Spirit is now flowing. And it starts as a little trickle like that and so sooner or later it gets bigger. And your stream, it starts to get more and more and more and more. And you go, man, this is exciting. This is, this is starting to go somewhere. You know what? Prayers are starting to be answered now in, in greater measure, and my faith is growing and my faith is building. Why? Because your, the Holy Spirit is affecting your spirit, and your spirit is affecting your soul, and your soul is affecting your body, and your body is affecting other people around you. And it starts to grow, and then sooner or later it gets bigger still. And the river starts to get wider and wider, and the flow starts to get stronger and stronger. And you go, you know what, this is amazing. And then sooner or later it ends up like this. It ends up like a waterfall that can't be stopped. And you're splashing the Spirit of God all over the place. And anybody that comes into your sphere, anybody that comes too close to you starts to get wet because of the, the, the mist and everything else that's flowing and the rainbow starts to happen. Because Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it with abundance. That is what the Spirit of God wants to do in you and in me. Abundant life. And not for our benefit solely, but for the benefit of everybody around, your family, your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, your friends, people living down the street, people you work with. Everybody that God brings into your sphere. If you allow him to flow, he will impact them all for his glory. Are you thirsty? You all said yes at the start. Oh yeah, I'm thirsty. 
You can say that, but the question is, are you going to open the tap? Are you going to love Jesus like you've never loved him before? Are you going to glorify him like you've never glorified him before in your private life, in your public life? Are you going to just say, God, my soul is thirsty, my spirit is thirsty for you. Every day, I want to read your word. Every day, I want to spend time just talking and listening. Every day, I want to go deeper with you. I don't want to waste a day because I'm thirsty. Well, only you can answer. But the Spirit is waiting. And He's saying, please, open the tap and let me do my thing. Let me change your spirit so that your spirit changes your soul and your soul changes your body. And your body can change people around you for His glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. He said, I couldn't bring the spirit at that time because I hadn't yet been glorified. I hadn't gone to the cross. The new covenant hadn't been introduced. But after you were raised from the cross, you said, hey, wait, wait till this spirit comes on you. Because that will bring the power, that will bring the change, that will be the pump or the, 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 the tap that can open inside of you. And that's why we see people like Peter who were so different. Because he just, when the Spirit came at Pentecost, he opened the tap. And he went and saw, first of all, Peter and John, they saw someone that was, that was, that was lame from birth for over 40 years. And they said, get up and walk in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And you were glorified. They said, it's nothing to do with us. It's all about Jesus. And they stood them before the leaders and they said, don't look at us. It's nothing to do with us. It's all about Jesus, this guy that you crucified, who God raised. They exalted your name. They gave you glory. Lord, that's what you look for in us. Just as your spirit hovers, Lord, as it did at creation, so your spirit hovers now, looking for hungry and thirsty believers who say, I want to go deeper. Lord, may every day this week, from this day onwards, may we say to you, even right now, Lord, I want to go deeper with you. I want that tap opened. I, I'm not satisfied with being just a tiny trickle. Or, or, or like the, the source of the Thames, you can't even see it. It's hidden underground and there's nothing there to show for it. I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be different. I want to, I want to experience the life in all its abundance that you've promised. Lord, I want to open the tap as far as full as I can today. I commit to you. Increase 
my understanding of your word, increase my prayer life. Increase the opportunities I take to glorify your name. Lord, may I be a, a divine example of who you are. Open the tap, we play, pray. I want to thank you and praise you for who you are and what you desire for each one of us. I have come that you might have life and have it like a waterfall that never stops. Amen.